0: To the Lord. I know a lot already happened this morning. A lot of good stuff already happened, but, you know, true ministry is when uh, when we're adding value to what God is, I mean, well, we can't add value to what God is doing, but what's going on in God's house. So we add value to one another, and that's what the body of Christ is about, you know, adding value, and, and uh, you know, just uh, a couple of things. um Is, is that, you know, true worship is, is a lifestyle, which is not, you know, a lot of it has to do with living your life unto the Lord. That's true worship, a life set aside for Christ. And And then when it comes to, you know, this part of the worship, we come in. With an understanding of of the exaltation of Christ and and the gratitude of why we're uh, praising and worshiping our God is because we love Him and because He's seated on the throne. (laughs) And we understand that He's already exalted. But we're here to offer up ourselves and make ourselves available. Through exalting the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and and as God is is uh, pruning and doing a work and, and aligning and refining and and preparing, you know it's uh, it's important that we're um, that we understand that there there there's an order in in the, what God does. Also, we we can't just step out and start doing our own thing. You know, there's an order in the way that God that God does things in his house and even in ministry and in our lives. And and if we try and step out of what God is doing and and really where he meets us there with that anointing and with that power and with that presence is what takes place as we leave areas vulnerable in our lives and in our families and in our homes, vulnerable to the attacks of the enemy. So we make sure that we're in alignment. Somebody say alignment. alignment. With what God is, with what not only what God is doing in us, because I'm going to talk, like I always talk about, about purpose, but yet fulfilling the will of God. And I'm going to bring up some key points that are going to, uh, you know, um, enlighten us or, or open up our eyes to this. And uh, so, you know, as I was seeking the Lord, you know, this morning, And, uh, you know, I mean, I already had a a word, I already had messages, I already had several messages that I haven't preached. But, you know, I wanted a message for this morning. And I wanted to make sure that what I had been praying about or studying was what God wanted me to preach. But so as I was seeking the Lord, I I just, uh, the Lord gave me a, he just gave me a word for us today. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to read what he gave me. And uh, let's pray. We exalt you, Lord, and we know that you are in this house already. So I know that that what you're going to minister through me, Lord God, is something that's going to add value to what has already been said, Lord God. And it's going to direct us towards uh, kingdom purpose, Lord. So I pray right now, Lord, over every person in this place, over myself, Lord, that you would bring us into alignment with your word, alignment with truth, Lord God, that our eyes would be open and that you'd give us greater understanding, Lord, and I pray that you'd minister a word, drop a word in each and every person here today, God, for we can truly only be fulfilled in this life by walking in your good pleasing and perfect will Lord so I pray that you would cultivate a a unity in this house like we've never experienced or had before that you remove doubt and and maybe misunderstanding or or confusion or or anything that the, the enemy would try to plant in this place Lord God Let us not be critical on one another or even critical on what you're doing in this time, God. So I thank you that your word is already anointed, Lord. And and I know that I lack so, so much, Lord. And I need the freshness of your spirit to be all over me. So I pray that as this word goes out, that it would be as you standing here, yourself, Jesus, ministering to every heart, God. I know I lack so much, Lord. But I also know, Lord, that your anointing is powerful and your anointing breaks the yoke. So I pray that you'd break whatever needs to be broken in here, Lord, and prepare us, Lord, to receive, to receive what you have for us today, God. I pray that you take away any uneasiness in me, any nervousness, Lord. I'm nervous about not representing you right. As I deliver this message, not only to this congregation, but over, this, over the internet, God. So I humble myself before you, Lord. I'm nothing, you're everything. So as our everything, I ask you to deliver this word to your people this morning, God. With such a power and such an anointing that it would affect us. I pray that you would take away any uh, thoughts, God. Any thoughts that cause us to stray away from being focused on you, Lord, in Jesus' name? Amen. 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 Did you know the enemy tries to plant thoughts in our minds to pull us away from truth so that we're not focused on what God is wanting to do or doing, and he wants to pull us away, and, and uh, sometimes for, for some of us, you know, he can start a, a motion picture in our minds you know and pretty soon it turns into a big movie so we just want to allow the lord to do whatever he's going to do today and uh hallelujah it's good to see everybody this morning and uh it's good to be able to stream this message in the name of jesus so i titled this message i was wondering uh what to title it you know uh, this you know earlier and and uh I'm telling you, it's fresh, fresh off the presses. He, he spoke to me first, you know, and, and has dealt with me about the things that I'm going to speak and as he deals with us corporately. But, uh, but I couldn't think of anything, you know, to, to, uh, to call this message. Um, and I, uh, as, I was, as we were worshiping, you know, because worship, God will drop a word in your spirit. Yeah, God gave me the, the, the title, and the title is this, God Honors the Effort. I was telling my friend the other day, he's a, he looks to me for mentorship. But sometimes, you know, we get so, uh, we, you know, in our prayer life, sometimes we just, uh, it can be a struggle. You know, maybe not for the first 10 minutes. <laughs> but when you establish a prayer life, that's a prayer life. Because a prayer life needs to be a marathon and it needs to have longevity. Sometimes it can be a struggle. sometimes it can be a struggle to to break through and and uh, but i I have a time set that I that I seek the Lord just me and him, not me him and all the traffic on the way to work and me him, you know it's just me and him and I'm and it's 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 a a place uh, of you know, entering into his courts, if you will, entering into the throne room. And sometimes I just feel uh, like there's nothing that happens, that my prayer doesn't penetrate the, the roof, the ceiling in the room. But I've learned through setting aside this time and doing it every day since I got saved is God honors the effort. So as I'm pursuing the Lord, and and, uh, and 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 I know that there are people that struggle praying. I'm a pastor. I understand. I mean, God shows me this stuff, and by this I mean not praying. I know we pray without ceasing. Oh, I pray without ceasing, but taking our time to seek the Lord's face. And uh, and and one thing that I've learned that even if I go into that room and I pray for. The time that I have to pray with the Lord that that I've set aside, uh, I know that even if I don't feel that something happened later on, it might be that day or it might be some other time, but God will reveal himself because he honors the effort of going in there and praying anyways. He really does. Because he says, you know what, son, daughter, you know, if you don't show up to this place of meeting with me, I miss you. And, and, and one of the biggest uh, issues in the church is, is, is prayerlessness, the house of God. We go by what we know. <laughs> Man, that was good. I didn't even plan that out. <laughs> so it doesn't matter how little you know and how, or how much you know. And, and sometimes when we know too much and it doesn't meet our prayer life where it needs to meet our prayer life, is what happens is religiosity starts to set in. I don't know if that makes sense to anybody, but let's get into it, amen, hallelujah, my wife asks, who needs a Bible, we have free Bibles, anybody, thank you Lord, we need a Bible back here, okay, let's do it, fasten your seatbelts, I'm going to go with what the Lord told me to go with so uh, several years ago, I just was studying Joshua and the Lord, um, the Lord just gave, as I was reading commentary or whatever, uh, the Lord just gave, gave me something that, I, that is a nugget to me, so I wrote it down in, in my Bible. I've read it to you before, but it says this, your testing is in your obedience to God, not in your disobedience. How can God test or refine you if he's always correcting you? So what this is saying is is that as we're pursuing uh, uh, God's good, pleasing, and perfect will, or, or or living in God's plan and purpose, we got to understand that God is, is bringing alignment into our lives. And and and, and truly, uh, like I said before, there's got to be uh, uh, you know we gotta we gotta self-check all the time according to truth, and and honestly, see. And I'm going to say this, I might read it in a while, but, um, you know, the gifting can only take us so far. But it's imperative or important that we're understanding that obedience is going to, you know, cause the response uh, of the anointing to fall upon us. That's a response from the Lord. So as God is aligning our lives, and I'm not, I'm not saying uh, sin issues, I'm saying issues of obedience to God's truth aligning with the Word of God in areas of our lives that maybe God is dealing with us in. Because the the awesome thing about being a Christian is that it doesn't matter how old you are or how long you say you've been serving the Lord, God is always going to bring a revelation of an area that He's going to deal with you in. Amen. And and if we uh, reject being dealt with in those areas is what happens is... is we're, we're, we're basically rejecting what God wants to pour out upon us as far as his power being displayed through us. By really saying, you know what, Lord, because every area that he deals with is going to be painful. Somebody say painful. painful. Every area that he deals with is going to hurt. It's not going to be easy, but, uh, you know, he's not doing it to hurt us. But He's doing it to refine us and prepare us for what He has for us in the future. Yeah. Because remember, our walk is a walk of progress. Our walk is a, wa- a walk of movement. Yes, I know it's a walk of standing still sometimes. <clears throat> Let's look at this. We're going we're gonna to go to our, 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 um, the book of Matthew. And I'm going to read... Some stuff right quick, and I've been reading this stuff, so it's good stuff. Somebody says it's good stuff. Good stuff. Matthew 4:1 again, we're still in here. I still can't get out of out of the, uh, the will of God. I just can't get out of there yet. So I'm going to read from four again 1 three eleven. then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. The devil took him to to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan. For it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. And we ask you to uh, to, to just move in our midst, Lord God. Continue to move in our midst. So we, we understand here and we see as as Jesus has been... Led, led into temptation or, or really the testing by, uh, by the Holy Spirit. And, and he has encountered the enemy at, at a vulnerable point or or, or maybe a point of, of fleshly weakness. But we see how, how Jesus ans- uh, answers and, and handles, you know, his encounter with the enemy. And, and the way he handles it is, of course, you know, amazing because we see the master handling the, the the testing and the temptation and and everything that that Satan is, is throwing at him and and he's you know he's he's speaking what needs to be spoken and he's not distracted uh, from what what's trying to distract him you know and he's not paying attention to his growling stomach or or, or he's not looking around him and uh, you know even though he's having the the, the hunger pains and. His flesh is uncomfortable because he's been at that place of of denying himself. But here he is handling it with with, with such a a, a godly effort that that it is amazing to see what Jesus has done. And it is amazing that he's, you know, teaching us how to handle this, this temptation or this testing. But. And we understand that the enemy is always there to try and, and pull us away from, from what God is, is wanting to do in our, in our lives and pull us away from the, from the will of God. So I'm going to start reading right now. So through gaining this understanding, okay, uh, you know, I, I also want to, I guess, focus in a, a little bit uh, on this. Let me read another scripture. going a little farther this is Jesus and you'll recognize it and if not I'll tell you where it's at he fell with his face to the ground and prayed my father if it is possible may this cup be taken from me yet not as I will but as you will so so <clears throat> You know, as, as, we, as we look at these two instances in Scripture, and we understand that, that Jesus is about to start, really, His ministry, yet, yet we understand here Jesus is, is approaching the place of crucifixion. He's, he's, a, he's approaching the place of the cross. He, he's, he's, he's approaching the place, the, the last part of His ministry. And we gain some understanding and, and we understand that, that it seems to be that it's easier to handle the, the temptation than it is to handle the purposes of God. Because here was the purpose of God, you know, as far as the cross is concerned. The temptation he walked through because he understood, okay, here's, here's Satan, but I'm, I'm going through this temptation but here's Satan and 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 I have my God to help me through this testing. But here, here's here's the issue, okay. I believe that, that God is leading the church into the, the Garden of Gethsemane right now. I believe that, that we're at a place where, where it's God's way and God's will or, or no way at all. We, we, we've a, approached a place and here we are, watch. So it seems to be that it's easier facing the devil than it is facing God. Because here's Jesus at a place where he's faced the devil and went through like the master that he is. But he goes, and and now he's at at a place of the cross, and he's facing God. And we know that he never doubted, but we know that the difficulty was, was, of course, again, was in the flesh or in the natural. But yet he gets to this place, and, and and he says, if there's any other way, and basically... That, that's where the church is at right now. We've been faced with a battle and with a struggle. And we've been faced with it, uh, uh, you know, individually and corporately. And sometimes people are so focused on themselves and on other people in the house of God that they're not enough focused on the Lord and what God has called us to do. And, and I've told you before that... The, the, the enemy will magnify uh, uh, your, your, maybe if you're, you're having a situation with illness, with uh, uh, whatever, maybe it could be a, a relational issue, but the enemy will, will magnify the issues to keep you from moving forward in the things of God. Maybe somebody hurt you. Maybe somebody rubbed you the wrong way. Maybe whatever. Uh, uh, or, or, you know, maybe you just don't like certain things. I'll tell you. If you don't like a certain, (laughs) I'll just say it as a a minister. If I don't like a, a certain thing about the ministry, that means that God is dealing with that area of the ministry. That doesn't mean that he's telling me to leave it. That means he's dealing with me in this area so that he could refine me, so that he could align me, so that he could Bring forward his purposes. We're starting now. Amen. So here, here he is. How can we approach the Lord, you know? We're at a place, we're facing God. There's a lack of respect and a lack of fear of the Lord in the house of God. It is real, I'm not lying to you. Because if we revered him and we feared him and had a desire for him then we wouldn't do the things that we don't do. I didn't say that we don't do the things that we do. We don't do the things that we don't do because what that means is we you know we have been called with a certain call but we don't do it by rejecting what the call of God is in, in many areas in our lives, and first of all, it becomes alignment and it becomes obedience to where He has placed us. So basically, I hope you understood what I meant when I say we don't do what we don't do, because the reality is, is we're not a lot of the time we're not doing what we need to do as far as Christ is concerned. And it has nothing to do with with sin or you know open sin whatever it has everything to do with rejection or rejecting the call that God has placed upon our lives since before the beginning of time because it's very inconvenient it it costs something and it's very difficult to pay that price because man you know We have everything else going on. Look. So this is why it's important to line up with the will of God. Because when you get used to ignoring the will of God and the purposes of God. Pretty soon you get used to living below the power of God. Huh? Very soon you get used to living below the anointing of God. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but it's a matter of power. That's what it says. What is power other than the anointing being displayed through a servant of the Most High that will stand, that will pray, that will fight, that will lay down their lives, that will say, you know what, I'll do whatever it takes in order to see this thing through. But it's gonna cost you, and it's gonna cost you. Hello, and it's gonna cost you, and it's gonna cost you, and it's gonna cost you. And there's and you never get away from it costing you. The only thing is, is that it is is you know the price that you pay is is very small or very you know little in comparison. To the price you pay by not doing it. So no matter what, you're going to pay a price. Whether you're in the will of God or out of the will of God. But the price you pay is a greater price when you reject the call and the purpose of God. Amen. Amen. So 1 Corinthians 4.20 is that scripture in case anybody takes notes. So there's, (laughs) there's too many people talking about something they themselves don't have. Because it becomes, the the kingdom of God becomes a matter of talk after a while. So we're talking about something, unless we see that, you know, that God has empowered and equipped us, and we walk into a place of of availability and say, Lord, no matter where I'm at, I'm available to you, whether it's at the station, at Walmart, at the parking lot, then all it becomes is, is chatter. But when you say, Lord... I'm gonna meet you in this place wherever I go. When I walk in that door or when I'm outside or wherever I'm at, you're there too. So there's gonna be a display of the power of God in whatever I take on or wherever I'm at because I know that you're there and you wanna reveal yourself to this lost and dying society around me. So I don't just want it to be a matter of chatter. Anybody can talk about anything. Amen. They do. Anybody can speak Christianese, man. That has picked up a little bit of yep. vocabulary. Amen. But I'm telling you right now. Sorry, little guy. You'll be screaming like this sometime too, Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Your daddy just prophesied it over you. Yeah. And so did I. So, too many people talking about something they themselves don't have because they refuse to obey the will of God because they give half-hearted obedience to the Word of God, picking and choosing what part. (laughs) You know what sometimes the church has the hardest part doing? Loving one another unconditionally. Because when we get to to know each other, our flaws become evident. (laughs) Our character defects become evident to one another. And sometimes it rubs us the wrong way, the way somebody might pray or the way that somebody... But I'm telling you, you know, that in, in the house of God is where we're supposed to learn how to love. Where we're supposed to learn how to forgive. Where we're supposed to... I remember when we started the church... We were so critical because we didn't want to be, uh, 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 you know, Christian. We wanted to, everything was about co- accountability. So if somebody did something that was maybe out of order or an offense was taken or whatever, I mean, you know, we were, we'd have a meeting and there'd be an apology and, and, and whatever, you know, biblical scripture, we'll still do that if we have to. But, but we were getting a little too critical about it. And it was like something had gone down, I remember. And it was, you know, hey, well, you know, somebody got offended by this or whatever. We were just small at the time. And, and I don't know if, the, if, if you guys remember or not. But, but then, then, the Lord, then then the Lord spoke to me and he said something. He said, not everything needs to be talked about. Sometimes forgiveness just needs to come. It doesn't have to be exposed and talked about and dissected and why this happened or why it didn't happen. It just, it, we just have, need to have the heart of, of, of the Lord and say, I forgive, and I'm not going to hold on to any grudges or offenses or, or hurts or, or whatever. I forgive. And it doesn't have to be a conditional, uh, you know, thing like what just went on with our community. <laughs> I don't know. I, where did that come from? Who so I, I, I want to tell you that I am very proud of the mayor that stood up for our community. I got to say that, man. You, he stood up in a very classy, well-put-together way, uh, you know, in, in, the, in the commentary and in the letter that he, that he wrote and, and uh, to the press. And it was such a beautiful thing. And I thought, you know what? Jesus. That's my mayor, man. He's a mayor for the community because I hate anybody talking about this community man. Huh? I've fought too hard of a fight in this community already. that I'm not gonna stand for anybody. I don't care what their title is standing for standing against our community. I will I'll, I'll, whatever it takes, man. So I just want to, I just, I tried calling the mayor. You know, I mean, obviously, he wasn't available. That was, I think that's when Channel 4 was at Walgreens or cruising around town. It was said that Espanola wasn't, nobody was wearing masks by the governor. And Channel 4 came and they showed, they videotaped people coming in and out of stores wearing their masks. So, look, we're not, we're, we, we're the head. We're not the tail. That's what that's what the Bible says. If you're a Christian and you're a believer, you're the head and not the tail. And you don't have to settle. And that's what this message is all about. We've been settling too long. We've been settling too long that for the crumbs that the enemy tries to present us. And the crumbs that our own flesh tells us is good enough. And it's time to rise up and put down those carnal thoughts and those those things that we're settling for and to reach much higher and to soar on wings like eagles, like we're meant to do. So remember, the church is coming to their own Gethsemane and refusing to do it the hard way. See, Jesus had to come to this place. And it wasn't even so much the cross. I've, I've talked about that before. But we know that for a split second. For a time. Because he took all the sin upon himself. From way of the, the beginning. All the way to the end. That the father couldn't even look at him. Turn away for his. I mean. And Jesus could not, could not stand that, that, that separation from the Father because of the sin. Because God could not look upon that sin. And, and, and here was Jesus. Uh, so you know, for us, what, what that should mean is that we, that we can't get to a place where we can't stand the separation of being out of God's will from God, you know, that, that we can't even stand being separated from God by being outside of his will. That we get so immersed and fall so in love with desiring to please our God and be in his good, pleasing and perfect will. That for us, we can't stand that, you know, the, that that breach that's in between us because we're not walking where we need to walk. Because there will be a breach. You have a title. You have a greater responsibility. And you better live it. And you better allow the Lord to bring alignment in it. Because if not, it's going to take away from what you're going to need. Because they'll get to a place where the words that you speak are not going to be good enough. And you need the power of God to to be. (laughs) Without the power of God we can be effective in the with the kingdom of god i'll be done in a little bit thank you for your i believe that through whatever we did with the with the oil in the hands i gotta admit you know when my wife first told me about it, it you know i was like you know <laughs> i doubted and i had to apologize i had to ask for forgiveness because i know god had given me a word and then i you know and then i'll you know all the time the time uh, you know but You know, then right away, you know, the Lord starts dealing with me, you know, because we have to be in one accord. But too many times we're doubting when God is doing something or moving in our midst in a certain way. And sometimes we get to a place where we're so numb to even God moving in our midst at all. Right now, some of you are just thinking about what you're going to do later. (laughs) And I'm telling you, you better question your own salvation you're not saved because you say you're saved, or because you know the Word of God. You're saved because you're a part of what God is doing, and there's evidence in your life that you have, that there has a change that has been taking place. Remember, I told you the uh, the Bride of Christ is exactly that. It's the Bride. God is coming back for His Bride. He's not coming back for a, a, a lone ranger. It's the Bride that's being everything. Uh, goes through the bride. Everything comes through the bride. Everything is worked through the bride. Everything, I mean, you gotta, maybe you better learn church a little We need to learn what church is all about. I mean, sometimes we're just, you know, we we don't understand. Hey, well, what is is God doing? What is God doing through all this? Um, I'm just trying to find something right quick. I guess can't find it. But, But I'll tell you, we know that everything is going to be be displayed through the, the bride of Christ. There's nothing that's not going to be displayed through that. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything, every way. If you think that you can't be a part of the bride and do whatever you want and still call yourself an effective Christian, then you're just deceived, plain and simple. You can call me on it. I've been at it long enough that I know what works and what doesn't. Look. Taking the easy way out. Gethsemane. And the desert are both places of obedience. The difference is Gethsemane is a place of total obedience to the will of God. Losing everything in order to push forward the kingdom of God. The willingness to completely lay down your life for Jesus and his kingdom. Something that few are willing to do. That is why... Things get so messy in the church and in life. Because we dig our heels into the ground and refuse to do it God's way. We want our own agenda, our own way, the easy way, requiring little to no faith. After a while, as we're doing it, the, the easy way it really don't take any faith to do it that way because it's a learned religion. It, the faith is not active. It's dead, 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 dead. But God is, is actively moving in a way that, that he's uh, uh, bringing. Right now what we need is a resurrection of faith. Hmm. Human effort without spiritual power. Too much human effort without spiritual power. Walking by sight instead of walking by faith. Completely opposite of the word. God has brought his place to the Garden of Gethsemane. He's brought us here corporately and individually. We're all at that place. What is your desire to follow through with the will of God. I mean, after a while, it doesn't take, uh, you know, just for lack of a better term, rocket science to figure what the, really what the commitment of one's life is as far as their commitment to the Lord. Especially if you're, if you're in, in the house of God and you're, you know, really, and you are in the perfect, good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. We see it. I mean, you know, it, if I see it, I mean, how could God not see it? If you see it, how could God not see it? So, so here, here we are in a way, in a place. No more human effort. It can't be that anymore. He's brought us to that place, the Garden of Gethsemane. Look, we, Look, we have to come to a place, and I'm going to call it the crossroads or the crossroad. Two separate words. The cross road. If we don't come to a a place where it's about the cross and about what God, uh, you know, has done, the precious price that was paid for us on the cross. I'm talking about the cross road and no other road at all. That was good. Amen. Amen. (laughs) If we got it. And it's time to make a decision. We're at the crossroad right here. And it's going to cost you everything that you think you are. Uh, Man, I don't want to play with Jesus anymore. And I'm tired of seeing people play with the Lord. Too many people being critical and things they don't even understand. Or have any idea what it's about. They've never pastored a church, but they're critical on the pastor. <laughs> did, why did he do that? Man, until you get to that place where you have the perspective of, I mean, uh, that God is giving you revelation, even, you better, here, we'll make it easier. We'll reel it in a little bit. I was catching a fish, man. Amen. If you don't get to the place where you're uh, really, uh, you know, allowing God to refine your area of ministry, do you have an area of ministry? If you're not getting to that place of, of allowing him to refine you, how can you get to a place where you could help refine a place that is, that is in, the, in the greatest? This is where the pastor is. The lowest servant in the church. That's what Jesus said. Well, if you're at a place of service right here, how are you going to understand a place of service down here? In the world, we're, we're used to climbing the ladder. In Christ, we step off the ladder and we just plant ourselves on our faces right next to the, right next to the floor. So how can we understand what that is if, we, if, we're, if, if our service is right here? Just at the top, of service, you know, whatever it is. And we haven't even refined that. How can we be critical on that? Something we don't even understand. Look, you've reached an intersection in life. I'm almost done. You know what I'm saying, man. It's going to be either total submission to the will of God. Will you take total ownership of God's will for you? Will you take total responsibility in the decision That you make. Many of us have owned a lot of things, but we've never owned or taken ownership of the will of God in our lives. In God's way, you will never have to, uh, let's see. Okay, like I said before, in God's way, you're gonna have to follow God's way of doing things, His order, obedience and surrender. Many times we get a, a revelation and we want to act on it right away. But we have uh, so many spiritual loose ends that haven't been dealt with. So we take a step into the revelation, leaving the door wide open for Satan to come in. Man, I've been with people in this house where there's been so much Word spoken over them. And they didn't have never even grabbed the hold of that word. Cultivated that word. And desired that word. Even though that it was a word that came from the Lord. It did seem like it didn't even matter. So then what they're doing now becomes a drag. Because they're not pushing through to what God has called them to do. So after a while complaining starts. Don't worry that's good stuff. You'll get it sometime. So sometimes we go into the revelation without tying up our loose ends. But I'm telling you, if you don't tie up those loose ends, there's much at stake. Marriages, families, children, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, and so we got to make sure that we're aligning with what God is doing. And we wonder why all hell breaks loose around us. Well, I'm in the will of God. Yeah, but you didn't take care of this first. You didn't take care of that first. You didn't take care of this first. Pretty soon, you create an environment where you know where, where it allows the enemy in. You better take care of the loose ends before you think that you are going to do anything for God, because there's a lot at stake. The enemy, look, the enemy will stroke your ego in order to set you up for failure. And I'll tell you what, human beings like their ego to be stroked. (laughs) I'm telling you the truth. (laughs) Like I said earlier, gifting will take you only so far. But it's in the anointing that you'll find victory. Anointing will will require strict obedience. (laughs) Will you touch the sword of truth, not only to use it as a weapon... But to obey it. Oh the sword. The word of God is an offensive weapon. Well how come it's not slicing the areas. In our own lives. When you are moved by God. And empowered. And equipped by God. And obedient to God. Nothing is going to stop you. But through disobedience, God will stop you. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Give the Lord a clap offering. I mean, let's look. I know that's a hard word, but we're living in some hard times. The reality is, is we need truth more than anything else. So with every head bowed, please. First, I want to make a call out. If there's anybody in here that doesn't know that they're saved and has received Christ as your Lord and Savior, meaning that you have acknowledged the price paid for you on the cross and And you want to do so this morning. If there's anybody in here that wants to do that, raise your hand. Anybody. Okay. Now, if there's anybody that would dare to say, you know what? I do want to be immersed in God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. And I'm willing to lay down my life. And I'm right here at the crossroad. And I know it's difficult, and God knows it's difficult. But if that's you, I want you to come up to this altar because I believe there's an anointing right here. Right now, right here. Is there anybody that would say, I want to immerse myself completely and totally where God wants me to be? Good, pleasing, and perfect will. I know the responsibility, but I also know that if I don't do this, I don't know this might be your last chance to do it it might be my might be my last preaching I don't ever I don't know I preach like it's the last time I'll ever preach